There. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Golden Cast with me and Nathan. Today, we're going to be discussing Batman the Animated Series. Yes, and there's just so much to talk about with Batman the Animated Series. And matter of fact, I have just uh, watched a few episodes, including some of the classic ones, like uh, The Last Laugh. Um, I'm blanking on the one where um, Harvey becomes Two-Face. Yeah, the episode is called Two-Face. Two-Face Parts 1 and 2. Oh, that's really what it's called. Oh, yeah, I just uh, finished Part 1. And, like, honestly, there's just nothing else to say about it. Just the fact that yeah, this is, like, the greatest piece of animation, You're, television yeah. history of all time. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, like, without it, we probably wouldn't have had so many stuff, like, just with part one of Two Faces. Um, I, like... Basically, it reminded me of the Dark Knight, where Harvey gets scarred and has like the bandages, and like everyone's not worried about the physical scars, but the mental ones. And it's like, oh, like there's so much that Batman the Animated Series did for not just Batman, but for comics in general. And it's like perfect. That's all I can say about it. It's perfect. Yep, one of the yep. greatest superhero cartoons ever made. One thing I do like is I think it had a great voice cast in it. Oh, yes. Like, we got, obviously, Kevin Conroy as Batman, and my personal favorite, Mark Hamill as Joker. Yeah, Which, yeah. He was great as Joker, probably my favorite version of him. It was, it, like, when I told people that, people were so surprised, like, huh, Mark Hamill as Joker, because you would never associate him with it, but he's so, like, just good at doing it. The fact that, like, yeah, he can have so many different laughs and so many, like, a a presence about him that makes you, like, like oh, my gosh, like, this is the Joker, like, the comic book Joker. It's yeah, like, exactly. Wait. I also... So sorry, getting Oh, sorry. I was going to say that. I don't know. I, I bet you may know this. Is, um, originally, they were going to get um, the, the, um Tim Curry to do it. Like, they originally yeah. had him. But then they say that he had like scheduling conflicts with it, or did he just like not want to do it? I don't know. I think they thought that his voice sounded too scary. Yeah, because um, he was Pennywise in the It miniseries, and yeah, I could kind of see why they wouldn't want that. His voice is basically kind of scary for the Joker, I mean, a little too much. Mm hmm. Yeah, also, um, uh, one thing I also like about the show is how it's doesn't have that, that how you can basically jump into any episode you want of the show, show and start there. You don't have to like do in a linear order to catch up. You can jump into whatever episode you want and you'll basically already understand what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, not episode, but kind of like, yeah, like, like every episode, it's like, yeah, you don't know it. Like, what time it's taking place in like you're just watching and have fun but i feel like that that's like awesome because that's basically what batman is like every comic kind of has like oh like a different story or a different plot you just see batman be batman essentially and that's honestly kind of like perfect because honestly kids aren't really going to remember like oh didn't that happen last time or nope just watch it to have fun yeah yeah the show 
I like the episodic format. The sh I, I like the um uh, episodic format the show uses, so you can get uh, so you can basically go to any episode you want without ha having to to watch in linear order. Let's yeah. see what else interesting about the sh show. Also, um, uh, well, let's see here. Um, uh, also another fun fact. In the first season, Robin only appears in two episodes because, the, because and the reason why is because he, they're considered by child endangerment laws by King of Batman and Robin being together. So he appeared in the episodes Christopher the Joker and nothing and, and Fear of Victory, and they squeezed them in by basically only having the Robin's at college most of the time. And those two episodes he appears because in. And I'm um, uh, the Joker. It was the holidays, so it was the off season, so that's why you could appear in the episode. And in the episode Fear of, of Victory, he was we took place at his college, so they could squeeze him in there. Season huh. two, because he wanted to, to get a little more kids and started to have uh, Robin appear with Batman a lot more. Wasn't oh, wait, no, that, that was a different one because I know there's Batman the Image series and then there's. Batman. Um, there was a, another one that had like this. It's the same characters, but a different art style to it. The new Batman Adventures. Yes, that one is that technically considered a sequel to it? Well, or is it there... kind of, yeah, kind of is. It's kind of is kind of part of the same canon. Yeah, but I know that's directly linked to Batman Beyond. Uh, if yeah, anyone. Is that on that one? Because obviously uh, they couldn't do Jason Todd because that would have been way too dark. They had to go with Tim Drake. Yeah, and yeah. Although they did kind of because recently they published a comic called Batman: The Adventure Continues, where they actually, yes. where they actually did the Red Hood storyline there. There, and I did read the comic. And it was pretty de decent, pretty decent trail of it. Yeah, I I've heard that like they bring Deathstroke. In there, which was pretty cool, like having be like an adversary to Batman, yeah, like having two kind of like um opposing figures that have kind of like a status about them. That's pretty cool, and no one knows like who's doing it better, who's doing it worse. I mean, obviously, Deathstroke. I think I remember he is shady, but he doesn't necessarily say that he is, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But one thing I I will say. This is um from the episodes that I have seen. One thing that I'm really surprised of is like, despite how you couldn't, you can't do like Jason Todd and everything, but the show is not shy from being dark. Yeah, like that's really like, it. like um the Clayface episode. Holy smokes, was that dark? Yeah, like, they, they suffocated a man with clay, and that's what turned him into Clayface. And I'm like, it, and at that moment, I was like. This was a kid's show. This is like holy smokes. Uh, do, do you remember that episode, the Clayface? Um, I've one? been a while since I've seen it. The first, oh, episode, oh, yeah. I, I, the first episode I ever remember watching was, um, I'm gonna try to remember what the episode. So was the first episode I ever remembered watching was, nothing to fear with the scarecrow. Oh, yeah. that one was really cool because um, I don't know if anyone. No, I know uh, you know this is uh, Scarecrow is one of my favorite villains, Batman villains, mm -hmm. 
And I read like that one was just super iconic because um, that gave us the classic line like, "I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman." Yep. But it, technically, what Robert Pattinson kind of did in the new the Batman movies were "I am vengeance." But technically, uh, this also inspired that heavily, very heavily. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and also um, uh, uh, let's see what. Uh, let's see what else the show. Oh my! Uh, yeah, it did also help influence various other aspects of Batman lore, such as make gi- giving Mister Freeze a more sympathetic backstory, showing that he's yeah. is yeah. wasn't it more like he didn't have that. Like he was just some mad scientist. That's all. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in the band of the gave him more sympathetic backstory in the famous episode Heart of Ice, where he revealed that where he had that he's basically wanted to work on a cure for his wife who he had to put suspending animation, but he got screwed over by the Wayne Corp is Zex, who screwed over his experiment and turned him into what he is. Yeah, which also was the influence to um the arguably not great Batman and Robin, which is pretty much a, a shame but like that's kind of the thing like every batman movie at that time wanted to be a part of this like every superhero or like i guess batman product was like you know like batman anime series has it down we want to do the same thing that they're do, doing but i guess batman and robin are they not do it justice too well yeah and also in the sh- uh, yeah also in the show also introduced Giving Joker his own sidekick, Harley Quinn. Yeah, that was the her first appearance, which I was so surprised about. Like, she went from cartoon to now becoming the most beloved uh, part of the Batman franchise. Yeah, she, like, yeah. That's her, like, she started off as a unknowable character. Uh, was her first appearance with the um, the first appearance of the Joker? The episode man another episode was uh Joker's favor, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that would all right, that was just a fun episode because like one that was the first appearance of Mark Hamill's Joker, was uh-huh. it? Yeah, where he Yeah, where because the Joker gets into an issue with this dude on the road, he tells him he wants him to do him a favor, then he waits like a few years and makes him help with the favor. You're going to do a little favor for me. <laughs> you, you're so yeah. I love how you do that. That camel voice. That's another thing to everyone out there. I absolutely love the Joker. I've been practicing the joke, Mark Hamill's Joker, so much that so many people said I do really a really good job with it. Oh, Batsy, <laughs> like that. Yeah. One, yeah. Also, so so uh, the late adventure Harley was revealed in the new Batman Adventure episode, Mad Love, where revealed her origins. Oh, uh, Harley Quinn's origins. Yeah, the episode Mad Love it was actually started out as like an like a like a comic meant to tie in with Batman the animated series, but then they ended up adapting that comic into an actual episode. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, I haven't gotten really far into it. Like I said, I'm just on the Harvey Dent part, but like I said, like I don't feel really there's 
really no spoilers for Batman anime series because like so many of it is already like public knowledge right now. Like um like obviously like Mr. Freeze and everything, like everyone know knows that, but I think this one thing that just came to mind, I'm sorry if I cut you off or any anything no, but like um I heard like weren't there like so many other like brand new like obviously Harley Quinn, but there were so many other brand new characters that they introduced in there that went on to become beloved parts of the Batman franchise. Like um the security guard that's like very brutal at Locker. Arkham. Yeah, oh lock yeah, him and um was um what was the name uh puppet master he's the one that has like the puppet that ventriloquist and scarface yeah ventriloquist and scarface wasn't he an original character or no was no he, he was in the comics he was in the comics and i remember like in the show he was pretty brutal like the fact like how like scarface is like um or i guess ventriloquist and scarface are basically like harvey dent a little bit like split personality, which is basically in this case, it's more terrifying. Because like you think yeah. like all puppets, the evil one, but naturally, no, that's just the guy controlling it. So he's more sadistic. Which I'm like, yeah, it's dark. It's so dark, but it's so, I would say, clean about it. Like it doesn't feel like it's all like R-rated to. A, too much like a kid can digest it but also is like well it's dark we that's not sugarcoat it and it does it so well i cannot stress about that it's so well made yeah yeah and also um another fun i read about, about the let me think what i was gonna say here it all so i, I like so what also i like how they do the animation i, I like how they did like their own style because as most shows try to do like a pulp like cover type deal with designs of characters with shows like G.I. Joe, Real American Hero and and He Man um, and stuff in like the A's, but the anime series did like its own art style, which I appreciated. That was kind of unique to it. Yeah, it was very unique. Like, um, like it's very like like the two D backgrounds, but everything feels kind of like um. A noir, yeah, noir, like very much um like Tim Burton's Batman. With I was, I was gonna say like we got Danny Elfman doing the music, which is like oh perfect. It, it felt very like yeah like noir. It felt very like in place with the with the world. Yeah, exactly. Like like Barry not not Bam returns is why they made the show in the first place. Also, another interesting fact about the show. The Penguin and Batman was actually designed to look more like how he did in Batman Returns, although his personality was definitely not like how it was Batman Returns. I know, like, oh, sorry if I cut you off. Yeah, that's okay. In Batman series, he acts more more like a stuck-up elitist type of villain. Yeah. I know, like, they did do some influence there. Like, he had, like, the duck boat in there that was, like, from the show. In the episode, um, what was it? Oh, I forgot what it was called. It was the, I think it was called Bird of Prey or something. Bird of Prey. <laughs> it may have been called called that. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that one, but I know the episode. 
and also Oma. For one thing, it does a good job showing Batman's detective skills and stuff. Yes. Oh, yes. He's like, I was even though it's like like every episode is basically kind of like short, but like it feels so like in character with him. Like, yeah, he's the world's greatest detective. He's gonna figure out what's going on, on uh, no matter what. Yeah, and, like, yeah. And I love it's it. So like cool and believable. Yeah, I like one reaction. There's one an episode called Laughing Fish, which is the episode where Joker was like making this fish that if it uh, making this fish that I guess if you does something bad to you, and he was upset that that this guy won like copyright to him. So uh, oh, at one point in the episode when they're guarding the guy, but yeah, uh, he's. He says that he's been feeling weird ever since Holly Quinn sprayed him with some gas. I'd be honest, reaction, he's immediately reacts saying, Get this man to a hospital! Get this man to a hospital! I, I like how he, how he just immediately decided to take action after hearing that, because that was basically enough, all he needed to know, to know that this man was definitely not safe. But then he gets screwed because then they shoot like the swordfish thing through the window and spray some gas to... I don't... I don't remember if they killed him if he was just... Un- unconscious. I don't remember how they did it. Yeah, I listen, I haven't gotten to that part yet, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, like I said, uh, I think what was no, oh, not Batman, not um, Batman Beyond, but Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh where, yeah, Mask of um, Phantasm. Yeah, where um, is the guy that um like kind of hates Batman and Joker kind of like puts um the laughing toxins inside of then they get him to the hospital. Well I don't oh, know. You mean, oh you mean uh Reeves. Uh the character's name is Arthur Reeves. Oh yeah yeah him. Yeah him. I don't know it's just, it's just I'll get him to a hospital or something just reminded me of that. I don't know why. Yeah hey, Actually, yeah um, after Joker messed, messed him up. Mass of the Phantasm is also part of it. Like it's the same art style, with, and in my opinion, the best origin for Batman. Yeah, like, I also, how, like why he became Batman, and also like what drive, what drove him. Like, how, like there was a time where he didn't want to be Batman at all, but once like that part of his life left, he was like, "Well, this is all I have left now, so I'm going to be Batman." Yeah, like, it's cool. And it's kind of interesting because in the flashbacks, it shows him, him, um, uh, it shows him, him and the woman he loves at this, um, uh, the- at this uh, like amusement park like thing about the future, huh? Future, and then later when they later we see that the amusement park later on is now run by the joke. Is now like the Joker's new hideout, and it's all run down, kind of foreshadowing how they, how both of them wish to have like a beautiful future together, but it ended up become the crumbling, becoming nothing more than a wasteland. I don't. Well, that's actually very true. But also, I just remembered this. It was a funny gag with Joker, where when he he is using that place as his hideout, and when he goes there, like in true Joker fashion, it's like. Meatloaf again, dear. What is this? Yeah, do you remember that with the robot? Yeah, with the with the robot ch- check. <laughs> robot check. He's like meatloaf again. 
I don't know why, but remind me a little bit of Rosie the Robot from uh, the Jetsons. <laughs> it kind of does. Like, everything there looked like the Jetsons a little bit, which is kind of fair because, um, like, they never do sp- specify the time period of when everything is, but it feels very much like 40s to 50s a little bit. Like, uh, like 40s, like gangsters, Tommy Guns, and all the... Uh, like kind of like how people talk but also like 50s of like oh like fashion and even like the city of the future felt very much like all the 50s description of what the future would be I bet that's also really cool and why I like it like it's no timeline to it like there's it can exist any timeline you want yeah also um, uh, let's see you're so it, one of the ways from the show is uh John Glover, who voiced the Red Riddler in the show, he also did various other DC related media, including um, uh, he, like he was was in he was Man and Robin, he was in Shazam, he was in Smallville. Oh, he was in Smallville. Huh. Yeah, he played Lex Luthor's dad in it. Oh, that's him. Oh, hmm. I did not. I did not realize that, huh? Yeah, he was actually his dad in that film, and let's see what else he was in. Bed, DC. Well, he wasn't much else DC. Later, from what I'm looking up here, here, but yeah, he was appearing on quite a few DC related media media over the years. Hmm. Years he years yeah, and let's see here and everywhere else. Good about the sh- oh um uh I also like the designs of the bat mobile the bat mobile on the back here all look pretty slick. Yeah, it was also in the Mass of the Phantasm. There's a car that looks exactly like that, and that is also kind of like yeah, like symbolic of the future of like oh yeah Batman's gonna use like slick cars and like these futuristic tech to fight crime. Yeah and the yeah yeah true that also oh the uh, yeah also my one thing the show did surprisingly get with a lot of stuff stuff in it for a kid show. Yeah like that's what I was saying like there's so much in it like when you're a kid like you might not really like pay attention to it you're like oh yeah like seeing batman fight crime but once you're like an adult or like a teenager you recognize so much stuff in it like um like, like yeah like with clayface like they suffocated a man to death like like even though they don't show it it's a silhouette of it but that's still disturbing yeah it is as it does with a lot of like psychological trauma like um what's the it's the one where like it's this little girl but it's also as like a dwarfism oh oh, oh oh i think it was called baby doll yeah baby doll like she like feels trapped in that age and she feels the only happiness she had was with the tv show she was in and like that is surprise like sad and why it's like, it, I feel like I haven't gotten to that point yet, but it was like, I'm kind of like really excited to see it. Like, how do they portray, portray that? And knowing like, like this is well written for a kid's show. Yeah. And, the, 
yeah, and also, oh, I also liked in the episode nothing to fear. I like what Batman gets to guess him. I like how they didn't just go with his fear being bad. I like how they did something a little more personal where it shows that basically his fear was a fail, fail, failure, basically a failing, a failing his family, and he that he responds to it and feeling like he didn't do enough. I felt like. That was a little more deep to me than just the generic. Oh, he's scared of his greatest fear is bats thing. Yeah, I like that as well. Like it felt very personal, and why that that's kind of why like Scarecrow is this really one of my favorite villains because like when you so because like to me personally when I associate Batman I feel like like scary imagery like skeletons and scarecrows and like Scarecrow is just a fun villain to see. Like yeah. and uh, I did thought his portrayal in the anime series was pretty good, but I would digress that there are plenty of other awesome scarecrow depictions. Like uh Arkham Knight, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh best looking Joe Scarecrow of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, this yeah, let's see another good this about this. But does I don't know if we are gonna get into those, but technically, um those also Batman anime series also did technically inspire those games, the Arkham games. They even yeah, got back from the voice actors back for it. Yeah, which was awesome, so awesome. I've yeah. replayed, I've replayed Arkham City so many times, just simply because I want to hear my favorite characters speak. Speak like it's just perfect. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I also, enough, yeah, and I. Also, so in, so I also one thing I like the show is that I, I, I like the pacing of the show. I like how it takes its time. The pacing has plenty of good quiet moments. Like nothing against the nineties X Men cartoon, but I feel like they kind of make everything fast. That's a little too fast pacing wise. I just feel the anime series, series does a better job with its pacing, in my opinion. Yeah, it took its time with everything that was happening, and then when. Once it kind of does get to the detective stuff, it sometimes feels a little fast sometimes, but it doesn't feel like just unnatural. Like, oh, figured it out automatically. Like, no, it actually like kind of per- kind of perfectly uh, puts in like yeah, fast pace, but also like kind of like you're at the edge of your seat. Like, what what does all of this mean? And then once the climactic showdown comes in, you get it all put together. And it's perfect. Like, uh, I guess a good example I could think of was um, uh, the one with Poison Ivy. The first episode she was in. Oh, yeah, the one where she was dating uh, Two-Face and then she tries to kill him or something. Uh, I don't think it was Two-Face. No, it was um, she was going after environmentalists and uh, like sprayed them with this spray that turned them into... Tree logs? No, that was that. No, that episode was a different episode, not her first appearance. Oh, that oh, that wasn't her first appearance. Oh, I thought that was. No, 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 her. No, it was a different episode. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forgot the name of the episode, but yeah, I know the one where she was trying to get environmental, uh, get people who she felt were harming the the plants over, so she can so they so she can turn them into trees as payback. Yeah, like and. Yeah, but in that episode, I was like, it 
kind of like exemplifies like yeah like the detective stuff is fast paced but you also kind of like are like at the edge of your seat like wondering like what does all of this mean and what does batman know and it's like perfect i mean at once like batman comes in he lays it all down like yeah i found this out this out yeah you're gonna be stopped yeah i also like this one, one episode called the strange secret of bruce way where, where they have hugo strange in the episode who's like one of the first Batman villains in the comics. Oh, yeah, because he was, like, so obsessed with Batman, he wanted to be him, but he went the completely wrong way with it. In the episode, what happens is that he, is that after Batman finds this judge being blackmailed with this tape, he, he goes to the source of it, which comes from Dr. Hugo Strange, where Strange attempts to Strange, where Strange uses this mind reading technology on to find out he's bad. Me after that, he hasn't kidnapped and invites over. He invites over Penguin, Two Face, and Joker over so he can auction the tape off to them. But then later turns out Bruce Wayne like messed with the technology to report over the tape to make it look like that Strange is trying to cheat them out of their money to get them to chase after him. It's such a Batman move. Like this is why Batman is so awesome. Like he can play every villain and seem so cool while doing it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Bruce Timm and Paul Dini did a great job on the show, and I honestly think more people should take influence from those guys and less from crap like Teen Titans Go. For example. I was just about to say, like, like they are just so like perfect. Like they're such like I would argue like they're like the gods of being like the perfect Batman right writers and just like yeah they are like perfect and why like it hasn't been confirmed that this is happening that they're because I know Bruce Tim and um Paul Dean the, yeah Paul Dean like they're returning for Batman the um, what was the name of the new one that they're doing. Uh, Batman, the return, the Cape Crusaders, I think, or something like that. Yes, the Cape Crusader. Yeah, they're returning for that, which I'm like so hyped to see because I like they're just perfect. Amen. And also, like, I know like some of the other people that are involved, like um, um, hold on, I'm blanking on his name. Dang it. Uh, he directed the Batman. Dang it. I, I know Matt I Reeves. Him. Yeah, Matt Reeves. Yeah, he he's in charge of it as well as um, as a co-creator, I think. But him in charge, like that's perfect. And one that's a little bit weird, JJ Abrams is attached to the project as well. Yeah, I know Abrams hasn't exactly gotten the best reception over the years. People complain about how oh, you supposedly ruined Star Wars and Star Trek. Although I disagree. Yeah, I would say like with my opinions with J.J. Abrams is like I think like he's he's just a fan also, which I can respect. But I wouldn't go so far as like yeah, he ruined Star Wars or Star Trek because like there's more than just one person that is to blame. Like honestly, the corporate everything like and don't want to get into that too much, but I would say like I would still give him a chance with it because he's. Just a fan. And that's all like what I can say is great. 
if you're a fan of something and you're in charge of something, then I, I have I have faith that it can work. And that is the, the, my opinion. Yeah, and I also, it, yeah, and also my I, yeah, also so oh, Batman the Animated had another directed video movie, nineteen ninety eight, called Batman Mister Freeze Sub Zero. Oh yeah, that that was I didn't watch that movie yet because. I because I only heard of like Master of the Phantasm as the best one, so that was the one I watched uh, constantly. With it's a great movie, but is uh, Batman uh, Mister Freeze is that a good movie? I, I it's been a while since I watched it. I watched it, but I yeah I know it's Freeze the villain of it. And... I know it's on Max. I know all the Batman movies are on Max. Yeah. And also, um, uh, one of my favorite series, Batgirl in the show is voiced by three actresses. Uh, and her first, Amanda series, she was voiced by, um, uh, what was her name? She, I think she was on Little House of the Prairie or something. Let me check it here. Here, Little House of the Prairie. What was her name? What was her na- name? Uh, let's see here. Here, what was her name? I can't believe I forgot her name. Name, I think it was <sighs> Melissa Gilbert. That's who it was. Melissa Gilbert. And Bamis, the fan, the Bamis Free Sub Zero, she was voiced by Mary Kay Bergman, who sadly took her own life in 1999. Oh, she did? Oh, yeah. oh wait, wait, who? which one was it again? Because I'm looking at the cast right now. Uh, Mary Kay Bergman. Uh, Mary Kay Berman. Oh yeah, yeah I see her. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. She also voiced like a majority of the female characters in uh, South Park. Oh man, she did. Dang. Yeah. And uh, uh, and new Batman Adventures was voiced by uh, Tara Strong. Oh Tara! Oh, of course Tara Strong is in it. She's in everything. Yeah, although recently she's kind of getting some heat because I guess recently she made a. Post to me, it's like she's sympathizing with Iraqi terrorists or something. Oh my gosh! Like, like I never get involved into politics, but I'm like, why can't? Why is everything getting involved into politics? I don't understand that. No idea. And, and also, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the cast right now, and for some reason, I thought Harvey Dent was voiced by um um. Clancy Brown, because it sounded very much like him, but no, it's voiced by a Richard Mole. Who sadly passed away recently. Oh, he did? Dang. Yeah. Huh. Uh, same with Arlene Sorkin, voice Harley Quinn. I, I know she passed away recently, but I was sad about because she was very good in, in it. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm about to wrap up my podcast now, but yeah, this is a good talk. Yep. So I'll next time for the next episode and have a good day, everyone. You as well, man. And remember, stay geeky out there, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.